0: What's up, my brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ayo, and I'm going to complete Relationship Month with this podcast episode by introducing the topic of relationships with others. This is a completion of the episode last week, which was the relationship with yourself. And it's really a continuation because to be in relationship with yourself, it's beneficial and it's almost imperative to be in relationships with others. People. Now, if you notice a change in my voice, it is because, yes, I have a bit of a congestion, a bit of a cold going on down here in Mexico, down here in Tulum. And don't worry, brothers, it's just a cold, just a little congestion headspace. I actually know the reason for it, but I'm not going to get into it on this episode. However, it may be something we address later on in other podcast episodes. In fact, I did a podcast with my brother Mark Singh, who has his own podcast, The Unapologetic male and we talked a little bit about being ill we talked a little bit about having a cold on his podcast i find that very fascinating that now here i am in tulum with a cold knowing why i have it and getting into this particular topic because it has a lot to do with that i mean everything's intermingled everything goes together brothers so let's get right into it i want to get into it here by reminding you that the definition of a relationship is thought there's no actual relationship, right? The term relationship is like the term beauty. It has no tangible qualities. I can say that this is beautiful and it would be like, what is beauty? Explain beauty to me. Like, we have to be talking about something, right? This glass is beautiful, right? That rainbow is beautiful. Right? This woman is beautiful. Like We have to have an object because beauty itself seems to be like this intangible quality. It's just this thing. It's like truth. Well, what is the truth, right? It's just this intangible thing. What is a relationship? It's a thought. All relationships are only thoughts. That is how we can be in relationship with the external world, is through our thoughts. That's the point of the mind. It's the point of the thought, is to be in relationship. Because in the differentiated self, in the self that is not at one with all things, in the human experience, there's the illusion of separation. And it comes through the mind. Thoughts come through the mind. They are not who we are. And they tell us nothing about other people. Our thoughts are A set of programs and conditions that we use to make meaning of the human experience. They are a tool of the mind. It's a very powerful, creative device. But recognize this, brothers. It is not who you are. And it is not who others are. The mind is not who we are. The mind is how we interact with the human experience. It's a part of who we are because we are in a fractured time and space, but it is not who we are. It is our false image. It is our conditioned self, and it is perfect. So I'm going to jump in here real quick and mention something that I know I probably say at least once a month and likely even more frequently than that. However, I'm going to make it very clear. I'm going to make a very specific effort to say on the record, right here, right now, everything is perfect. Now, when I say this, I'm not saying that everything is always positive, and I think that there can be a misunderstanding there. I'm not saying always be happy. I'm not saying always look on the bright side. I'm not saying always take your unintentional model and change it to an intentional model of alignment so you can feel better. In fact, I say the opposite of that. I'm saying that perfection includes the totality of the whole. It includes both sides of the duality. You have to have the unintentional and the intentional. You have to have everything to be a part of perfection. Perfection is not flawlessness because flawlessness is a part of perfection. Perfection is all of it, and therefore perfection is neutral. Goodness and badness are both perfect. If you hear me say that all is good, what I'm really saying is that all is right, all is necessary, all is perfect. Our judgments in totality are the one, right? That They're all neutral. We take all our judgments together. We put them into one big pot of everything that everybody in the entire universe that's ever existed now or in the future thinks, we put all these judgments, all these thoughts into one big pot, then it will become one. And it will all be neutral because every single person will have every different thought along every different spectrum of from positive to negative, from good to bad. And it will all be perfect because it will be total and complete. When our judgments are personal, when they're fractured, when they're differentiated, then we experience them internally and demonstrate them externally. And this is also perfect because it's also part of the human experience. Now, understanding this goes beyond thinking about it because to know it allows knowledge and wisdom to live through you instead of being in a conditioned state of experience. So it's not just the thoughts, it's the knowing. There's nothing wrong with being in a conditioned state, just like there's nothing wrong with a CD player, right? Think about that. Like there's a CD player. When they were first released, they were the cutting edge of technology. You know, they were pulling cassette tapes out of cars. People I remember is like, you know, people in my school, when I was in my teens, right, they would have these CD players installed in their cars, right? They were pulling the standard cassette tapes out and they were putting CD players in. They were amazing. They were awesome. They were cutting edge technology. Now it's difficult even to find one in an electronics store. You go into Office Max or Office Depot or wherever, Radio Shack, you cannot find a CD player. You maybe will find one at Best Buy, right? You probably get one on Amazon, but you can't find these things anymore. There's nothing wrong with the tech There's nothing wrong with CD players. They still work. They're simply outdated. And likewise, there is nothing wrong with the conditioned version of who you are. There's nothing wrong with the beta condition. It's simply outdated. It is a part of the not you self that emerged through the process of learning about what it means to be a human being. It's an oscillating paradigm that moves through the discovery of the external world through the eyes of other people. Our parents, our teachers, our friends, our family, our educational systems our environment, our society, our media, and so much more. However, with all of that conditioning, you are not your mind. Your mind thinks that it is you, and this is where the personality comes in, right? The personality, the who you think you are, but this is not you. As a very quick recap from last week, you are the one being differentiated into three parts, so you are part of the wholeness, you are part of the oneness, and you're differentiated, you're diffracted into three parts, the alpha, the beta, and the form. It's like a beam of light that hits a prism. Have you ever seen this? Where you take a, a light and it's diffracted by a, a prism effect and it looks like the rainbow? And it's happening for you too. It's the same as the beam of light that it gets hit by a prism. You have been split into three parts and held together through the mysteries of life. And in the fracturing process, the entire reality appears to be broken. If it appears as though there's separation, that you are there and I am here. Time is broken into past, present, and future, and it's measured through motion. We are in a broken existence that creates an illusion of duality. It creates the illusion of opposites. This is the experience, and in this experience, we have the self, the tool, and the vehicle. The self is the alpha, the tool is the beta, and the vehicle is the form. It's the body. The mind is the tool. It's the tool of creation. We bring things into form through mind, through personal mind, and through universal mind. However, this mind can be given a power that it doesn't have, and it can trick you into the illusion that it is you. When this happens, there is a union to the external and a disconnection from the truth. And this is what brings suffering. And that was last week, right? Because that was. The relationship with yourself. Now, here is what I want to offer you moving into this episode. First, remember that the universal truth, that the law of cause and effect, the mind is the tool. It is the power of co creation. It's the oculus for pairing the alpha state to the form, to the body, and enjoying the journey of the human experience. When we feel empty, disconnected, lonely, or lack, it is because the mind doesn't understand being differentiated from the spirit, from the alpha, from the truth. It would be like yellow, the color yellow not understanding why it's separated from orange in a rainbow, right? It's like, I'm yellow, I'm here, you're orange, you're there, why? I don't understand, I'm confused, I'm scared, I feel empty and disconnected. But it's simply a diffracted, pure light, and it's confused why it appears in a different location than orange and green, right? You have yellow here, confused, because I'm one, right? I should be one with orange, I should be one with green, right? We are pure light, but we've been diffracted through this prism, And so yellow appears empty, disconnected, lonely. See, the mind is the same. The mind is confused as to why it's looking at the self instead of being a part of the self. So it compensates by becoming the self, by becoming the self through personality, and then making up stories about why there is this feeling of separation. This becomes our conditioning. This is the condition that we fall into when the mind becomes an authority in our life and we believe the stories it tells us about who we are. This becomes the relationship we begin With ourselves. When we come to this point in the matrix as adults, where we're aiming to find the truth, when we're seeking self-knowledge, the first thing we will discover is a mental authority, a mental authority that tells a story we believe about who we are. At the same time, this begins the wisdom of how we relate to other people. Because when we know ourselves, we know that there are parts of who we are that are indomitable, immutable, and meant to be given, and at the same time, there are parts of us who are in that fluid state and meant to be students. This is what happens in the experience of duality, of course. There must be dual parts. There are teachers, there are students. There's giving and there's receiving. And for reasons that are beyond the scope of this podcast, each of us has a unique fingerprint for our alpha state. This is like being in that puzzle, brothers, if you remember the puzzle of life. It's like being that unique puzzle piece in the infinite and eternal puzzle. The entire puzzle is made of cardboard, right? We are all one, but as our image is different and as our shape is different, we all have a unique alpha state through which we experience the human condition. And so the alpha state is here to participate in duality. It's here to participate in this diffracted experience. And so it differentiates into teachers, what we have to give to others and students, what we receive from others. And every one of us has this future as a part of our experience as a human being. This is where our passion and purpose come from. Our passion and purpose come from within, brothers. There's nothing outside of you that will reveal to you what your purpose is. There's nothing outside of you that will gravitate you into creating a passion. These things come from within you. It's part of our 1.0 Academy curriculum. We get into it in August. Your purpose lives within you. This is where it comes from. It comes from your alpha state. This is where... We get to know people, places, and things that are right for us or not right for us. It comes from our alpha state. Not from the mind, not from our conditioning, not from what we've been taught or told about people, but it comes from our alpha state, what we know about ourselves, what we know about people. The confusion begins when the mind looks at the alpha state and it sees the part that is students, right? The alpha state, the mind will look at the alpha state and it'll be like, okay, so I see these teacher parts here. That's cool. Like, that's very clear. And now I see these student parts here, these parts that are meant to receive information from being a human being. And the mind becomes afraid in seeing these open areas and creates a feeling of empty, lonely, or lack. Then it creates stories to fill these areas so that it no longer feels this empty, lonely, or lack. This becomes the false image. It is the mind telling us things about us that are not true because it is learning about things that are not us. It's supposed to be picking up things about people and about the world and about the environment, but instead it makes up these stories about us that cannot be true because it has nothing to do with us. The mind is a tool that we use to create with. It is not who we are. It does not tell us about ourselves. In fact, it usually tells us about who we are not. And that's a lot of the deconditioning process right there, my friend. The more we listen to the mind, the more we listen to stories about who we are not. However, the mind plays an important role in the human experience because it is what we use to view, engage with, and make meaning of the diffracted human experience. I am not here. I am everywhere. You are not there. You are everywhere. In this experience, we appear to be in a form we call a body. This state is temporary and we call it the human experience. It's like looking at light through a prism so that you can see all the different colors, right? It's like when I look at light... Light is pure, it's just one, it's all together. When it goes through a prism, now all of a sudden I see a rainbow. I see the different frequencies of light. And the human experience is like looking at truth through a prism so you can see all the different forms. Our mind as a part of And yet separate from the self is how we interpret the sensations from the human experience, the touch, the taste, the sight, the sound and the smell, and then we make meaning from them. Now, since we're all one and this experience is a diffracted experience, what are relationships with other beings? What are relationships with other humans? We are one with them, right? You are me, I am you. We are all together in this, you know, red, orange, yellow, Green, blue, you know, the colors of the rainbow, they're all one. They just appear in different places, cut based on their frequency through the prism. It's the same with human beings. So what are the relationships we have with other human beings? Well, first of all, brothers, they're thoughts, right? They come from the mind. But that is only the what. That is what relationships are. Relationships are thoughts. The why is so much more fun, liberating, and mutative. Because the purpose of relationships is knowledge, wisdom, and love. It begins with knowledge. Knowledge is not intelligence, nor is it information. Knowledge is knowing. You have knowledge when you know something, not when you think it, believe it, have been told it, or made to be convinced of it. There are very few things to be known in this form because most things outside of the self are locked in a fraction of a percent of a fraction of their full truth. Most of what we think we know, we actually have no clue about and the things we can't know are the ones that have the most certainty to exist. It's a fascinating paradox that I've spent many nights with friends and fire inquisitively working through and never arriving at a conclusion. I can tell you this, brothers, that camping in front of a bonfire will get you guys talking about these kinds of things like crazy but never do we arrive at conclusion because we cannot know what is outside the self. Consider it. What we know cannot be seen and what we see cannot be known. Knowledge exists in the same place as gravity, beauty, energy, and truth. When you begin your journey of self-knowledge, you are on the first and last path you've ever walked. The only difference is now you are doing it with conscious intent. You begin the self-knowledge journey the moment you are born. When you begin it with intent... Now you're conscious of it. Life itself is a self-discovery journey. And this is the function of relationships. Relationships expose to us what we're thinking. The illusion is that they are about the other person. The mind may make up a story about another person. However, that is only a coded sentence for what the mind considers a dysfunction in the self. It is a false dysfunction because the dysfunction doesn't exist. And it is a false image in you that you use someone else as a mirror for. But regardless, relationship exposed conditioning And it exposes the place where we find the greatest life lessons. There is nothing ever, and I'll say this, there is nothing ever, ever wrong with another human being. There is nothing ever really going wrong in the world. This is a primary principle. Life, as it happens, happens for us as it must because it does. As it does, so it must. This is true of human behavior as well. You know, check this out. I received an interesting email from one of our brothers. He asked me about the definition of humanity. And he said in his email to me, he's like, I listen to your podcast intently. It truly sparks my intellectual thinking and I enjoy it. So it's great. I love that. But he says, I respectfully challenge you. And this is what he goes on to say. We are not intended to live in this elevated state of mind. We are given the truth of humanity. We're supposed to be pissed off. We're supposed to be fighting. We're supposed to be leaving people and loving people to embrace the suck when faced of it, to see and experience the dark sides of humans and the stuff they do. Nobody is above that experience. We hurt, we love, we fall apart, we drink ourselves to sleep, and so on. He says the alpha male mindset is real. I won't argue that, but I challenge you on making it such an importance and taking away the life and what we carry, what we teach others through experience, what we pass on, how we guide those in need of guidance. What comes from connection with the dark side of life is that really humanity. There's so much in there, right? It's so strong and powerful. And yes, it's so true because my friend, I don't see you challenging me. I see you agreeing with me. I see the agreement between you and I. Each one of us is here to walk our own path, take our own journey. It begins with self-awareness and then we spend the rest of our lives in the process of discovering self-knowledge. Not everyone is doing it actively, however, it is something you can't avoid. It is the way the universe is set up, it is the law of cause and effect. So everybody's on the same path, it's just whether they're conscious of it. It's become an intentional desire. What you seek, you will find. If it is not self-knowledge you seek, it doesn't mean that you won't receive self-knowledge because you cannot not receive self-knowledge. You'll just be receiving the same lesson over and over and over and over again until you receive the lesson, until you become awake and intentional to the lesson. When we see and judge, we are not judging the external. This is a part of the illusion. When we're in a relationship and we're judging the other person, we're not really judging them, my friends. The truth is we are having revealed to us what the mind is focused on in order to teach the self about the world of who we are not. And there must be an identification of the teachers and the students so that we know what we have to give and how we can be offered an open and offering to receive. This is the value of judgment to wipe out the faulting, wipe out the blaming, wipe out the finger pointing, the external condemnation so we can understand What the mind is trying to show us about us, about ourselves. So relationships begin with knowledge and then they lead us to wisdom. Wisdom is the usage of knowledge. Wisdom is using knowledge in rectitude. When we are wise, we are following the knowledge of the alpha state and how we are instead of the conditioned path of who we are not. This alone will completely change how you view and behave in relationships for the rest of your life. Now, before I go on, I know that's a pretty bold statement. I know this may sound bananas, brothers, and I know that I have a tendency to get a little wild sometimes. What I'm about to tell you is the truth. And I've said, and I've always said that I cannot tell you what the truth is. You have to see it for yourself. What I'm about to tell you is for you to experiment with and see it for yourself. It is a part of my knowledge because of what I have experienced. and It is a part of my students' knowledge because of what they have experienced. It will only be a part of your knowledge when you experiment with it and it becomes a part of your experience. The way you relate to people through wisdom goes beyond anything you see with your eyes. It has nothing to do with the way people look and it has nothing to do with the way they behave. Both of these are judgments that come from the mind. And I hear people say this all the time. When people describe other people, they describe them by the way they look or about the way they behave. It's like if I were to ask you, what are you looking for in a partner, in a female partner, in a romantic relationship, you're probably going to give me a bunch of descriptions about the way she looks or the way she behaves. There is a new way of understanding a relationship, and I'm going to go way beyond the things that you see with your eyes and judge with your mind. Because in wisdom, you relate to others through your alpha state. You relate to others through who you are and through who they are. Your teachers feed their students, and your students take in from their teachers. This connection becomes a unification of knowledge, and the result is love you can almost think of it like vulnerability. When you are in your alpha state, you are your true self. There is no fear of the other because there is no danger from another. All the dangers we see in others are always coming from the same place, which is fear. And all fear comes from a misunderstanding of who we are and why we are here. So you are completely vulnerable Because there is no fear of a danger that you know does not exist. You can reveal to any other being who you really are with no conditioned personality trying to cover up the questions the mind is trying to answer due to its own misplaced role in life. When you engage with others from a place of no intention, only to experience the presence of time and space... There is no fear that comes next. There is no fear of their judgment. There is no fear of you judging yourself. There is no fear of rejection. There is no fear of failure and so on. Now, this doesn't mean that these things don't happen. It just means it won't matter if they do. It's not about trying to bend the spoon, my friends. It's about realizing that the spoon doesn't exist at all. When you know who you are and who you are not, you begin to engage with people based on your inner knowing and you create connections that exist in different ways. And this is a big part of what goes on in the explanation and education and teaching in the academy. And here's what I want you to take from this brothers. Number one, our relationships with others is primarily a mirror for us to expose to ourselves all the thoughts and beliefs that are covering up who we truly are. This is knowledge, this is self-knowledge. Other people are a mirror for us to understand what we are thinking about ourselves and the world. This is where we can begin to uncover and reveal that primary conditioning, the beta condition. Next, we engage in relationships as our true selves so that we can learn about others without external intentions. This is how we sample the truth of other people. This is wisdom. And when we do this, we know which people, places, and things are right for us and which ones are not because we're not acting through our beta condition. We're living in our alpha state and open to receiving the truth of other people. And then finally, relationships complete the cycle of giving and receiving. It is duality creating unity, and this is love. Now, this does represent a hierarchy in that the first must precede the second and the second must precede the third. The first step is always self-knowledge and deconditioning. And until we know ourself, we will never truly know anyone else. This is the human condition. We are born twice, once as a baby and the next as an alpha living in self-knowledge. Some people are never born the second time. And that is okay. We all have our own journey. Not everyone is seeking the truth. And if you are seeking self-knowledge, then what is the reason? Is it for riches? Is it for fame? Is it for notoriety? Is it for women? Because these byproducts are neither the means nor the ends. And I would also offer that they are, when in your alpha state, irrelevant. They mean so much to the beta condition, however. When you begin to engage in relationships on your quest for self-knowledge, you will be amazed and maybe even a little jarred by what you find. And I got to caution you brothers, you cannot unsee what you see. I always caution that you will receive what you ask for and it will always be the truth. But I want to remind you and ask you, if you knew self-knowledge would change your life forever in drastic and irrevocable ways, would you still engage in the process? And for many people, the answer to this question is no. Because most human relationships exist, and we know this because most human relationships exist in this purely transactional approval-seeking, or externally validating way. And so we fear. We fear each other because we fear our own approach to our own relationships. This is the first step because this becomes our self-knowledge. When we begin to understand how we are approaching relationships, we begin to understand why we fear, why we have conditioning. How is it for you, brother? How is a relationship for you? Is it purely transactional? Quid pro quo? I'll do this for you if you do that for me. Is it approval seeking? Are you out there doing the Mr. Nice Guy thing? Are you out there doing the yes, 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 yes. I'll just take care of it. I'll just do it. You know, I'll, I'll make sure it always gets done so that people like me, so that people approve of me. Or is it externally validating? Are you out there doing things in the world to try to prove yourself to yourself or try to prove yourself to other people? This is all coming from fear. This is all coming from that lack of who you really are. However, when you begin to engage in relationships and reveal this to yourself, you are on the path. And brothers, as I said, you cannot unsee once you've seen. Once you are on the path, you will begin to see things about yourself and the ball will begin to roll. And I know that there's so much more for you. And when you are ready, I invite you to discover what it means to be a human being in relationships. And we're going into indomitable self-confidence next month in the academy. So you can enroll now before we make that switch into the 2.0 curriculum and get yourself on the list to make that shift, to start that journey. Until next week, my brothers, elevate